I want to welcome you to The Rock. My name is Pastor Miles. Um, I'm so excited about this series we've been doing. We're in uh, week three of the courtrooms of heaven. And I don't know about you, but God has been blessing me, challenging me. First week we talked about the order in the court. The second week we talked about the Holy Spirit's role in, in, in guiding us through the court. Today we're going to talk about what's in your book. And so let me pray for us. And my prayer is that you have been asking the Holy Spirit to guide you through your court and guide you through your prayers. And if he has, I know he's been doing amazing things. And also I'm still praying for all those ladies we prayed that uh, God would open up your womb and, and you give you a baby for the ones who couldn't have a baby. So we're still praying for you. So let's all bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you listen to our prayers, receive our prayers. Thank you that you are fighting on our behalf, that you are interceding for us. And I pray that you encourage us today. Open up the eyes of our hearts for your plans for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a minute, say hello to someone next to you. Tell them God sees them and God loves them. Just take a minute and do that. God bless y'all. Amen, amen, amen. Let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. Get ready. I'm going to count to three before you say word. So if you got a Bible on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, right in the middle of the Bible. Matter of fact, Psalm 118 is the middle chapter of the whole Bible. Psalm 139. Um, Every week in my D group, I ask my guy, is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And last week, we talked about us really needing to listen to the Holy Spirit, allow him to guide and direct us. And one of the questions is, what is in my book? Asking the Holy Spirit, what is in my book? The other question we talked about last week was, what does the devil accuse me of, which is what I'm going to talk about next week. What the devil is accusing you of and how to break those agreements you have with the devil. And whenever um, I'm in my D room, my guy says to me, he said to me one day, I feel so selfish praying to get God to give me stuff. I feel like I'm just, you know, praying and reading to, to get stuff. And I feel like it's very selfish. And I said, that's not what we're praying for. We don't pursue God and pray for stuff just so we can get stuff and get blessed. We are pursuing to know and see God fulfill what is in our book. Now remember, we're in the courtroom of heaven. You got God as the judge. You got Jesus seated at the right hand. We are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. We got the blood that speaks better things than Abel over our blood. We got the Holy Spirit who guides us through the court. We got the devil who accuses us, which we're going to talk about next week. But most importantly, we have our book. And we're going to see today that our life and everything God has planned for us is written in this book. But how do we know what's in this book? And as you're praying and reading, your whole life's purpose and focus should be, Lord, fulfill in my life what you already decided and prophetically declared me to live. Today we're going to do something different. We're going to go for a trip. I'm going to take you out to the community in San Diego and we're going to look at some of the things in my book. And by the way, we're not, it's not about really what God has done in my life. It's about the principles, how to discover what's in your book. So I want you to look at your neighbor real quick. And I just want you to say, we're getting ready to do something different. Just look at your neighbor. Say, we're getting ready to do something different. 
Come on, let's go, let's go. Now for real, for real. Follow me. Let's go, come on. For real, we go now, come on. Your book, this is your life, baby. Let's go. So as I said, your book is your story. We're gonna talk about that in a minute but it's God's prophetic testimony of your kingdom purpose. What we're gonna to do today is just look a little bit about my book, but as I talk about my book and the components of my book, I want you to think about you and your story and your life and what God sees for your life. But the first thing I wanna do is talk about books in general. I'm gonna read some verses from the Bible because there's books or scrolls all throughout the Bible where God records or declares or documents what he is gonna do. You have the book of life, you have the little book, you have the book of Moses, the book of the law, all these books. I want to read a few verses to you, especially as they pertain to prophecy, because your book is a prophetic testimony of what God wants to do in your life. Jeremiah 30, verse 1 and 2, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah. He says, write in a book. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. In Zechariah chapter 5, Zechariah sees a flying scroll. Again, he says, then I turned and raised my eyes and there was a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? He says, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and it's width 10 cubits. And then he said to me, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side of the scroll, and every perjurer shall be expelled according to that side of it. Basically, he's writing down what he's going to do. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 11, he tells John, write what you see and send it to the seven churches. In Revelation chapter 10, verse 10, he says, Then I took a little book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was as sweet honey to my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter, and he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Again, he wrote down what he was going to do. Your book is an amazing story, an amazing story about what God wants to do in your life. And what we're going to look at today is some components of your book and characteristics of your book. I want to read one more verse passage to you because this is about Jesus, him fulfilling what was written in the book about him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. This is awesome. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, this is Jesus talking, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. You had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. This is Jesus talking in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will. O God, Do you know that Jesus is the word. Of course, he's the living word and the word became flesh. It is our responsibility to pray that what's written in our book becomes flesh in our life. In other words, that we live out only what's in the book. We don't have to pray for just random stuff. We want to know and pray very specifically, what did God already foretell 
and document about our life. That's the amazing thing. It's already there. So we're going to look at that today and look at some components of that today. Point number one, your book is a prophetic testimony of God's kingdom purpose for your life. A prophetic testimony about kingdom purpose. In other words, God already knows what he wants you to do. He's already gifted you. He's already given you passions and talents and, and, and gifts according to his purpose. It's already lined up. We just need to discover it, come into agreement with it, and walk in it. So that's why we pray, Lord, give me clarity of my kingdom purpose. What do you already know about me? Because he knows everything about you. I'm going to read this passage to you from Psalm 139. It talks about your life and all your days being written in the book. It says in Psalm 139, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And then in verse 16, your eyes, God, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Before I was even formed in the womb, you knew me and you saw me. And in your book, they were all written the days fashioned for me every day time he knows everything when as yet there were none of them before there were days before you were formed god knew you planned has a plan for your life remember we already talked about all the the, the books in the bible that god documented for the nations and for tongues and for and for people and, and prophetic statements about the world he has one for you that it's already written in the book uh, ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, good works that were prepared beforehand. In other words, before you were born, there are all these good works prepared for you to do. The question is, are you going to choose to come into agreement with God's book for your life, God's plan for your life, and walk in them? Are you going to choose to pray for them? Are you going to choose to submit yourself to his plan? That is the million dollar question. And if, if you get anything out of this message, is that you could start praying every day, Lord, reveal to me my book. Lord, reveal to me what's written of me. Reveal to me your purpose for my life. I want to walk in those, in that. And when you start praying that and you submit to that, doors will start opening. Because God wants to bless his plan in your life, not your plan. The Bible says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. What that means is that if we say, Lord, I just love you and I love your plan for my life, he will put and reveal his desire for our life in our heart. It's not that he's gonna give you what you want, he's gonna give you place in your heart what he wants. And all of a sudden, when you want what he wants, boom, stuff happens, stuff happens, and you don't need to strive, you don't need to struggle. A lot of times people are struggling through life because they're trying to force their plan instead of God's plan. You're trying to open doors that God doesn't want you to open, and they never open. And sometimes God will let you open them and walk through them only to suffer to show you don't, don't do that. In other words, he'll let you get high. And he'll let you go to jail to show you don't do that because the Bible says the penalty of sin is death. Death of things, death of opportunities, death of health. So if you want to do that, but when you obey God, he has, he, he has come, the, the Bible says the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give you life and life more abundant, an abundant life. When you walk according to God's plan for your life, your life is abundant, doors open, and you, you have more peace in your life. Remember, God's prophetic testimony of your kingdom purpose is already documented. So 
today we're going to talk about my book, as I said, and obviously this is only the San Diego version, and obviously it's only going to be a couple of points of what God has done in my life. And again, I want you to focus on the principles of the book as we talk about what he's done in my life. The principles are going to be exactly the same for your life. Um, and as I th have thought about this message and thought about going to these places, um, got kind of emotional thinking about all the things God has done. I want you to be thinking about what God has done in your life, what he is doing in your life right now, because you are living it out right now. Our book is, is unfolded in reality. In other words, you have bad things happen in your life, good things happen in your life, and the question is how are you responding in those uh, circumstances? Because God's trying to unfold it, but at the same time the devil's coming against you. And so our book is realized in reality, in everyday life. Um, and the question is, are you submitting to his plan or are you doing your own thing? So as we go out, I want to show you this, this place. This is a very significant place uh, where God did something very powerful in my life. As I said, your book is lived out in real life and this place that we're standing at now it has a very special place in my heart. I used to live in this apartment building. Now, the apartment building I, I actually lived in on this location is gone. They rebuilt it. So this is not the actual building, but this is the actual location. And it was in this apartment building that I recommitted my life to the Lord. I was doing cocaine, playing with the charges at the time. And it was in this place, on this location, that five o'clock in the morning, I, after doing cocaine all night, that I surrendered my life to Christ. Stopped that day, April 12, 1984. And now I consider myself a fairly strong Christian and continually growing. And, and Christ, have, Christ definitely, without a question, uh, has given me more peace and joy and love in my heart and happiness in my heart than anything else uh, I've ever, ever experienced. In your book, there's a chapter, a page, a section called Surrender. It's your burning bush experience. When you experience God and say, God, I give up. And what's amazing about your book, all through your book, there's going to be two sections. There's going to be a section that refers to your mandate, what God is doing in you. And there's going to be a section that has to do with your mission, what God wants to do through you. This is what God is, did in me. It's very important for you to understand your mandate, what God does in you, always comes before what God does through you. I know many of you are thinking, what's in my book? What did God do through me and all these different activities? But the most important thing that's in your book is the person God wants you to be. What he wants to do in your heart, how he wants to change your mind, your thought process, how you see yourself, how you see your world. And your, the day you surrender to him is the most important decision because that's when you decide, decide to give your heart to him and say, God, change my heart. Change the way I think, change the way I process information how I perceive the world, how I perceive myself. So it was in this building or this location, five o'clock in the morning, I said, Lord, I surrender to you. And the theme of personal surrender, your mandate, what God does in you is the most important thread through your whole book because all through your book, God is gonna be working in your life. Now, your mandate is what God does in you. Everyone say, what God does in me. What God does in me. Matthew 22, 37 to 40 says, the number one commandment, the great commandment, love God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's what God's doing in you. I am going to love God. This is, the, this is your mandate. This always comes before your mission, what God does through you. 
So your mandate is what God does in you, the great commandment. Your mission is what God does through you, the great commission. Great commandment comes before the great commission. And off we get them mixed up. We always think about all the stuff we want to do, all the ministry, the ideas, the events, and all that kind of stuff. That comes after what God does in you. Now, God's always doing something in you, and then he does stuff through you. But the foundation of everything he does through you is what he does in you. And it was in this location where I surrendered my life to the Lord, and God does something, get something in me. He delivered me from my bondage of cocaine, weed, hanging out. He delivered me from that, transformed me from the inside. Got back together with my girlfriend, who's now my wife over 35 years. And once he did that in me, now he was ready to do something through me. This idea of surrender is so critical because it's not a one-time thing. It's not like on April 12, 1984, I said, okay, God, I surrender, and it was done. I have to surrender every day. The more God reveals to me about my own sin and pride and arrogance and ego, I got to keep surrendering. And surrendering doesn't mean uh, give up to God as much as give in to God. In other words, God, I give in. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey you. And I can't stress enough. That's an everyday battle, a theme through the whole, your whole book, your whole life. And so every day as you're praying, Lord, I want to reveal my book, reveal my book. Don't focus first about the things you want to get, the things you want to do. Focus on what God is doing in you. A daily surrender of your pride and your ego and your desires that you would surrender those to him that he may give you his desires. When I was in living here doing cocaine, I was doing what I wanted to do. And God had to break me internally before he can do something externally through me. And it was after spending all night doing cocaine, laying on the couch, my heart pounding out of my chest, thinking about my life and how lost I was, where I just said, God, I give in, I surrender. And that's when God could finally do something in my life. And so every single day as you're praying, God, I want to I come in agreement with your book. Come in agreement with the level of humility, humility in your heart that he wants in your life. And then you're going to see miracles happen through your life. What's ironic is that the next location is right up the street, kind of, from where we have church now. And it's pretty cool to come full circle where the, these streets where I used to run and do some bad stuff. God is now doing some good stuff. Amen. So that's, that's the exciting part about uh, when God does stuff in your life. He will send you right back to where you came from to bring light where you walked in darkness. Uh, that's pretty cool and some of y'all are walking in darkness right now trust me God wants to bring light through you to that very place often we think I got to get out of here well you may get out of there to find God but he's gonna send you back potentially uh, to save those people that are there and love on those people that are there so it's really good to be back in the neighborhood and have churches uh, campuses in neighborhoods where I used to run wild uh, now sharing the gospel to people, doing what I was doing. I could have picked a lot of places in San Diego that, are pertain, that pertain to my story, 
but here the old North Park Theater that's now the observatory used to be a church called Horizon. And it was the first time that I sat in a worship service and heard people sing and felt the presence of God. I remember sitting there, I was 24 years old. I was gonna, I was playing with the Chargers at the time. I just got saved. And I remember sitting there with my wife crying. It's like, this is like, I'm in the presence of God. And remember when I talked about your mandate, what God does in you precedes your mission, what God does through you. And the first step of your mandate is that you have to surrender. But what is so critical about your story is the presence of God. All throughout your book and all throughout God doing something through your life, in your life, has to include and be done in the presence of God. And this is where I first sensed the presence of God and realized the peaceful love, overwhelming joy of the presence of God. And let me tell you something, Psalm, Psalm 27, 4 says, uh, there's one thing I seek and that I desire to be, to dwell in the house of the Lord and to behold the beauty of the Lord. There's one thing that God wants to do in your life that is so critical for every aspect of your story is that you walk and you seek the presence of God. And if you walk in the presence of God and you're hearing Him, listening to Him, seeking Him, submitting to the presence of God, that's what God's going to do in you. Then God can do something through you. One of the most important aspects of the presence of God is barbecue chicken and ribs. That's our next stop. Let's go. So I told you that your book is God's prophetic testimony of your kingdom purpose. And your book has two parts, your mandate, what God's doing in you. And I talked about surrender, the presence, and there's other things, but you have to have a moment where you surrender to God. And then when you walk in his presence, that's what he's doing in you. But then your mission is when God does stuff through you. And I'm here at O's, it used to be Oscars here in Mira Mesa, and something very amazing happened. It was one of the most vivid times God showed me my mission. So I go in there to get some barbecue chicken and the girl behind the counter says, my name is Amanda, I'm pregnant and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sheep without a shepherd and I need help. And I'm thinking, I just want some chicken. And she told me this story about being pregnant and, a, and a, the baby's daddy was, you know, they weren't doing well and she just needed some help. And I don't remember too much after that, but I remember walking out down this sidewalk in a daze and God saying to me, if you help people like that, I will give you all the resources you need to do everything I've called you to do. Remember, God does something in you, then he does something through you. And if you allow God to speak to you, guide you, empower you, he will do amazing things through you. And I remember walking down the sidewalk, going, okay, God, I will commit to helping people. I don't want to necessarily build something big just to have something big, but I want to build something big so we can help as many people. And since then, he's done amazing things. We started the church and got that big building in Point Loma. Uh, I did youth crusades in the United States, in Canada, in Africa, in the Caribbean. Uh, I've been to prisons and helped inmates. And, and, uh, and then I got to do something at Qualcomm Stadium. And that was what brought me out here was football. But probably the most important thing I did at Qualcomm Stadium was to officiate Junior Seau's funeral. And that was an honor. Uh, but it was, again, it was always God doing through me. That brings me back to this place. When I walked up to the counter to get my barbecue chicken, a young lady named Amanda, who was about 19 years old, said to me, I need help. And God did something in that moment in her life where here we are about 18 years later, and I want to introduce you to her and the miracle that was in her womb. Amanda, come on up. 
This is the young lady that I met 18 years ago. I want you to tell him what was happening in your life when we met. Well, I was an unwed mom. My daughter's dad was in prison. Um, I was desperate for a miracle. I was desperate to have a touch of Jesus. I just had people who, you know, in my church asked me why I didn't have an abortion. I was a sheep without a shepherd and I was pregnant. I was so lost and desperate for a touch of God over my life. And when you prayed over me, you told me that Alyssa was going to be a child of God, that she was going to serve God for the rest of her days, and that God had an amazing plan for her, <laughs> and, and me too. And, I, and ever since then, it changed the trajectory of, of our lives. And this happened right at the counter where people behind me wanting their chicken too. <laughs> it was rush hour. Now, now during that time, what, what did God say to you when I walked up? Because I, I, I didn't know you but you have been to the church. Yes, I grew up on Sunday nights. It was a cool thing to do with my youth group and I. We'd come every Sunday and listen <laughs> to Pastor Miles and just, I knew that you wouldn't judge me. I knew that you were gonna just pray for me. And then you had the baby. And then I had the baby. The most amazing thing is that little girl was born. She didn't get an abortion and that little girl loved Jesus. And you get to meet her. Alyssa, come on up. What's up? <laughs> this is the miracle of God. I want you to tell us what's going on in your life now. So something that's been going on in my life is I'm a youth leader for middle school and high school. I just really, I deliver hope to people in the bathrooms <laughs> and I make it my personal mission that when I see someone in the bathroom who is, who's depressed, who is sad, that I, that I pray for them right there in the school bathroom. And it's just been this incredible experience of just really delivering hope and peace to people. And wow. God has just been using me wow. incredibly. How amazing is God? This woman was pregnant at work. I randomly walk in, she asked for help, and God delivers this baby who she was told to abort. And now this young lady's 4-0 student preaching the gospel in high school. And I'm gonna tell you to a lot of you out there that you have a burden in your life, you feel lost like nobody cares, and you may be filled and surrounded with negativity, God loves you and he may not send me into your life, but he is there with you. And if you cry out to him and say, Lord, please help me. There may be somebody you need Christ in your life. And the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that you are just like everybody else, but that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin. And he wants to forgive you and deliver you. He wants to do something in you and he wants to do something through you. There is a book, a story, and this is part of your story, the first part is that you surrender your life to him just like I did, just like they did. So I'm gonna ask all of you out there to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to think about this. God has a story he wants to unfold in your life. And he's gonna do it in the midst of your pain that he wants to come like light into darkness. There has to be a point where you say, Lord, I surrender. And then all these amazing things are gonna start happening in your life. And this may be that day. So if right now as the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, and if you realize that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin, and you want this to be the day you give your life to him, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you love me. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and rise from the dead. Please forgive me of all my sin and come live in my heart and be my savior. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, there are many of you out there saying, I want to start to walk and fulfill the prophetic testimony of my life. I want to fulfill my kingdom purpose. 
And if that's you, if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, yes, Lord, I want to fulfill my kingdom purpose. In a minute, I'm gonna ask you to stand on the count of three. And as you stand, you are walking away from your old life, walking away from doing things your way into a direction, in the direction of fulfilling God's calling on your life. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer or you're saying, yes, Lord, I wanna walk in your purpose for my life, I want you to stand up. One, two, three. God bless you.